0: Please turn to Hebrews, chapter 13. I'm going to read for you momentarily, beginning at verse 1, through the first part of verse 9. And as you look at that passage before us, just kind of glance down through verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Our text this morning is verse 8, and we have a couple of problems with at least seeming problems. The first one is, Verse 8 seems to be out of place. It just seems to have kind of been thrown in there, seemingly unrelated to what has just been said in the first seven verses. Doesn't this destroy the unity of the passage? Why did the writer throw verse 8 in there? So that's one problem. The second problem is that even in itself, verse 8 is a challenging verse. How are we to understand that? what it says about Jesus Christ. Let me read verses chapter 13, verses 1 through 9a. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them. Those who are mistreated, says you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from love of money, be content with what you have, for He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can man do to me? Remember your leaders. Those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. Time changes things. At this time of year, when we've gone from one year to another, we're beginning a new year, 2020, we are mindful of the changes that have gone on in our life just in the past year. But generally speaking, relationships change. Our financial situation changes. Employment, health, the political scene. And any kind of change throws us off balance a little bit. Even when we meet people that we haven't seen for a while, or even if we've seen them just the previous week, sometimes they look different to us. It might be a different hairstyle or whatever, but these changes are constantly going on in our lives. Our spouses change. Our children change. Friends change. Coworkers change. Neighbors change. Well, the good news is, in the midst of all these changes that are always going on in our lives, there is one particular thing that does not change, and it's a person who does not change. And that person is Jesus Christ, the one who never changes. And that's the point of our text this morning, that eighth verse. But how are we to to get at this? How can we explain it? Well, we just jump in and see what we find. The statement is very brief, isn't it? Very straightforward. And on one level, it's rather easy to understand. There it is. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we think about that, we scratch our heads and say, wait a minute now. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday as He will be tomorrow, and tomorrow he will be the same as he is today. I don't get it. I don't grasp it. This is an infinite truth, and I'm a finite person. How can I understand that? The words the same actually are a divine title. If you go back to the first chapter of Hebrews... Verses 10 to 12, that's what's being quoted here from Psalm 102. You, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning. The heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same. And your years, they will have no end. And the Hebrews took that I-concept of the same, the same one. Our God, Jehovah, is the same. He does not change. Now we must not take this 8th verse of Hebrews, chapter 13, absolutely. Did the Son of God experience no change when He became man? Well, of course. Remarkable change. Remaining God He also became man, two natures in one person forever. Did the Son of God, after His resurrection, not change in some way? Yes, now He can walk through the walls where His disciples met. He had changed. So what is the author of Hebrews talking about here. He's not contemplating Jesus so much as the second person of the Godhead, but as He is the mediator and the head of His church and how He relates to His church. make it more personal, how He relates to you as a believer. The way He relates to you as a believer is He does not change. He is always the same. This is one of the blessings of those who understand the gospel, that Jesus died for sinners, was raised again for their justification. By putting our faith in him, we have one who never changes, even though we are always going through all kinds of changes. So how does he relate to us? Well, he relates to us in terms of our past, in terms of the past. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Jesus We noticed a couple of weeks ago, Joseph was told to name the baby Jesus. Why? For he shall save, deliver, rescue his people from their sins. We think of his 33 years of a long time ago, about 2,000 or so years ago, in Palestine as he grew up there, as he began his public ministry, his teachings, his betrayal, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension; those were all activities and things that occurred way back there, a long time ago, yesterday, yesteryear. In Revelation thirteen eight, we realize this; we recognize this phrase: "The Lamb that was slain from the creation of the world." That takes us back even further. This promised Christ, the Anointed One. This is all the mind of God. Before the creation of the world. Now that goes way back, doesn't it? Go back into eternity past. We are creatures of time, so we think of it that way. But we're told that Abraham rejoiced to see Christ's day. Moses was a type of Christ in many, many different ways. David sang about the Messiah. And after the Messiah, Jesus Christ, had come, Paul, for example, wrote much about great doctrinal truths about who he was and what he did. That's the Jesus Christ of yesterday. But not just for those men. Down through the pages of church history since the time of Christ. Some of you may recognize John Chrysostom, an ancient father. Jesus Christ was the same for him. Saint Augustine, Jesus Christ was the same for him. Martin Luther, the same. John Calvin, the same. George Whitfield, Jesus, the same for them. Charles Spurgeon, the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Now, for the Hebrew people, this was a very important thing to grasp because The Old Testament or the Old Covenant age was disappearing. Turn with me back to chapter 8, verse 13 of Hebrews. Chapter 8, verse 13. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. The whole Old Testament period, the whole Old Covenant concept was becoming obsolete, replaced by the new covenant, the new work of Jesus Christ. And so all of that was being put into yesterday. The Old Testament sacrificial system was disappearing. It was a great time of transition. Soon these rituals will be necessary no more. The things they were very used to, things were changing for them. And about to go was the temple... In 70 AD, the Romans destroyed that. They also destroyed the city of Jerusalem. Talk about changes that were coming for these people. Some of their previous spiritual guides already had passed away. Look at verse 7. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you, past tense, the word of God. Don't forget your leaders. Remember what they taught you. But they were yesterday. So what were they going to do without their leaders? Times were changing. They needed stability. Warren Wiersbe tells of the time that he announced in church service his resignation from his pastorate to take another congregation. You know what that's like. That's happened here uh, rather recently. So after making that announcement, after the service, one of the members came up to him, a very godly man. He said, Pastor, I don't see how I'm going to make it Without you, I depend so much upon you for my spiritual life. me said, my reply shocked him. I told him, I said, that's all the more reason that I need to leave. You're depending too much upon me, and you're not depending upon the Lord. The Hebrew people had to realize we can't depend upon the old ways. That's Yesterday. But Jesus Christ was there yesterday. They had to focus on his one final sacrifice for sin at the cross. That cross is the great eternal fact, looking backwards, all the way back to Adam and Eve. As believers today, it's important we look back. Look back at our spiritual pilgrimage. Where have we come from? How do we come to know the Lord? How did we wind up in this church? Those are all things of yesterdays. But if we're honest with ourselves, we realize that Jesus Christ was the same all the way along. While I was preparing this, I took the time to think to myself, all right, Calvin Malcor, uh, what was Jesus Christ to you back a long time ago when you were a little boy? Did he change when you became a teenager? No. How about when you went out to seminary? No. What about all the years you've been in the ministry? No. Jesus Christ is the same. I don't find him different than he was way back when I was a little boy. He's the same yesterday. It's good to look back. But the writer of Hebrews wanted to be relevant to his contemporary readers. And so as he wrote, he wanted them to understand that Jesus Christ was as meaningful to them that very day as He was in the yesterdays. Same in power, same in authority, same in His love to be expressed to them. It's quite easy to discount Jesus Christ's present sufficiency for us. It's more easy to think about what He has done in the past, even in our lives. To many people, Jesus is only a distant figure way back 2,000 years ago. And that's about it. But look at our text. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today. And today. We don't relegate him to yesterday. He has absolutely changed us, the great refuge of the believer in a changing world. The eternal priest who presents us day after day after day before the throne of God interceding for us who presents us as righteous because of his righteousness that has been imputed to us, which we've received by faith alone. So the cross is not only the great eternal fact looking backwards, it's the great eternal fact for today. January 5th, 2020. Jesus is the same as he was way back then. As I mentioned to you earlier, The Hebrew people were facing some changes in their lives because of their faith. uh, Some had been ostracized from their families and friends. Communities were changing, so their societies were changing. Political influences, military actions. The Roman soldiers were still around doing their thing. And even in the churches of that first century, doctrinal changes of a negative nature already were beginning to creep in to the church. Look at verse nine. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. And that's always been a challenge day by day or week after week for the church to make sure in that given time, our given time, we are remaining firm to the word of God that is the truth of God and the principles that are there and our desire to, to follow and obey the Lord in what we read and what we hear preached and taught to us. We do that when? Today. We don't look back and say, well, I did it way back then. No, we do these kinds of things today. And this is a real challenge in the 21st century, here in 2020. We know concepts of truth, for example, are changing quite a bit. Uh, it's called postmodernism. Everything is relative. There's no absolute truth. I have a truth. You have a truth. You have truth. You have truth. Please excuse me if I interfere with your truth. And I'll excuse you if you interfere with mine. How futile that view is. We have the blending together of multiple faiths and religions. Can't we all just get together in one great, big, great religious movement to worship God? And you have, you can have your own view of God. Whatever God you like. That's fine. That's a challenge for the church that takes the Bible seriously because we know that is not right. We have a generation of remarkable ignorance of the Bible. This is a real challenge for churches today dealing with people who have not been brought up in the church. Probably some of you have that testimony. I know some of you have that testimony. You didn't know anything about the Lord. You didn't know anything about the Bible. You weren't even thinking about any concepts of the gospel because you never heard about it, or if you did hear about it, it just went in one ear and out the other. And there's a great ignorance. I remember when I first started uh, uh, in the pastorate, even before that, of course, and into the first, my first churches, there was a pretty good attendance at Sunday school by outsiders, by, especially by children, whose parents at least sent them to Sunday school. And I remember one time visiting a family and I asked, they didn't come themselves, but they sent their children. Like I say, I said, do you mind if I ask you, why Why are you sending your children to our church that so you don't come? Well, we want them to learn how to be good. That is the answer. We know that there's something about the Bible, there's something about the church, that it's probably good that our kids have that. But now, most Sunday schools are made up of covenant children. And very few outsiders are coming Challenge for the church today. The attitude about Jesus himself and his teachings. Oh, that's all obsolete. Oh. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I am the resurrection. In the life. He who believes in me will never die. Which of those are obsolete? Which of those are irrelevant to our spiritual situation? Jesus himself said, Heaven and earth might pass away, but my words will not pass away. All the more we must look to the one who does not change, the rock for our faith. Where I grew up, there was a a peninsula called the Palos Verdes Peninsula. Some of you are familiar with that. And it was a big thing to have a youth outing to go to Palos Verdes Peninsula from Manhattan Beach. It wasn't that far away, but you didn't get there that often. And I can remember quite often when I went there, I would get up by myself and I'd, I'd look at a big, huge rock. And around this rock, the ocean was swirling and the waves were crashing and there was movement all over the place. But as I fixed my eyes on that rock, it did not move. It was the ocean around it that was moving. We live in a world of change, as I mentioned earlier. And sometimes we, get, we go out into a life and we think, boy, how am I going to handle this day? Things are changing so much. I, just, I had this plan. I had this purpose. It didn't work out. We need to keep our eyes on the rock of Jesus Christ because he does not change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today. Now, there's one more phrase, and in the ESV, and I think most versions, have something like this, and forever. But I think the writer says something a little more than that. In the Greek language, the word for and, A-N-D, Looks like Kai, K-I-K-A-I, pronounced Kai. And usually it's translated and. And it's a perfectly good, uh, way to translate this. It doesn't go against Bible teaching or anything. But the word also, the word Kai also means even, E-V-E-N. And I believe in my study, that this is what the writer is saying here. He's using the word even, and the word forever is really unto the ages. Unto the ages. So, what the writer is is saying is something like this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today But even those confessions fall a little short of the complete truth. He is the same unto the ages. Unto forever. That's quite a thought, isn't it? Jesus, is not only the same yesterday, today, but also unto the ages. The kingdom of the Jews is changing. Soon the Roman Empire itself will be changed. Various kingdoms would then follow them. And to our present day, they come and they go. We can imagine the concern that these Hebrews had about the future, about the coming years. Their original elders were gone or going. False teachers were moving in. Their lives were in turmoil. What about tomorrow? How are we to live as we face the future? And I think this is where the first seven verses become relevant. How to live in the future? Well, how about showing brotherly love? Verse 1. Hospitality. Very important in the first century because they didn't have motels and hotels and things like that. You need to open up your home to passing believers that were passing, coming through their, their town, their area. Hospitality. How about care for Christian prisoners with appropriate sympathy for them? Faithfulness in your marriage. You need to work on that in coming days. How about being content with what you have in the weeks that are ahead? This is not an exhaustive list. It's enough to keep believers busy. Just doing those things. So as we do those things, remember... That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is with you as he was with those of yesterday. He is with you in the future as he is with you today. Because he does not change. The Lord has given us this special handbook for our future living. We can't try to guess what God is going to bring into our lives. We can't try to guess what to do in our own strength. But then again, God doesn't give us a whole lot about the future, but he does tell us something about it. But the most important thing, he tells us how to live in the future. And here are some practical ways to do that, that I just shared with you a moment ago. So the cross is the great eternal fact, also looking forward. Because Jesus Christ is the same. One of the most attractive characteristics of Jesus Christ as revealed in Scripture is His consistency. His consistency. When you will need Him, He will be there. Even when you don't think you need Him, He will be there. He will never be too early or too late. He will never be too busy to talk with you through his word. He will always be available. Nothing in the past has slipped his mind. Nothing in the present escapes his notice. Nothing in the future will catch him by surprise. There's a wonderful consistency of Jesus Christ as he's revealed in Scripture and as he acts in our world. The pioneer on horseback, ready to cross a swollen river, would pick out a rock. And then he would guide his horse through the river. He tried not to look down because he would see the swirling water and he might lose his equilibrium and get dizzy and so forth. But if he kept his eyes on the rock, he knew where he was going. He'd get there. As I mentioned earlier, Jesus Christ is the rock keep our faith focused upon him. As we go into the future, he is with us. He's promised he will not leave us. He will not forsake us. A great, great promise to cling to in those difficult moments of your life when you do have your challenges. Lloyd Douglas was a famous author some years ago, and he related the story that he used to live on a second floor of a boarding house. And downstairs was an elderly retired music teacher. He was confined to his apartment because of his physical situation. But Douglas tells us that every morning they had a certain ritual they went through. He'd come walking down to the first floor, and he'd come up to the door of this retired piano teacher and Knock, And then he opened the door, which had been left for him. And Douglas would stick his head in and say, What's the good news today? And the retired piano teacher would say, Well, the tenor upstairs still sings flat. The piano across the hall... Still sounds terrible. But the good news is, and he pick up his tuning fork and bang it. The good news is that middle C still is in tune. That's how the rest of the notes on a piano, for example, are tuned to the faithfulness of middle C. This morning, we have heard very good news, especially as we have opportunity to ponder our lives. Some of you still may be struggling with failures and guilt, mistakes of the past. Go to the Jesus Christ of yesterday. Some of you are sitting here right now with fears and burdens, disappointments of the present. Go to the Jesus Christ of today. And others have a need for courage and hope and strength just to face tomorrow or this coming week or the unknown days ahead. Go to the Jesus Christ of forever, of the ages. In any and every situation, Christ is the great middle sea, always in tune, because He is the one who never Changes. Join me in prayer. Father, it is through Jesus Christ that we come in worship, we come in prayer, become come around the table of the Lord, that we fellowship with your fellow people, that we study your word because of what Christ has done for us. May we remember that he always is with his people. He never leaves us. And he will see that we eventually get to our heavenly home. We praise, O God, you for this wonderful salvation that is ours by faith. It's in his name we pray. Amen.